Hey everybody, it's mid-November and it's getting colder and it's getting closer to Thanksgiving and ultimately Christmas and ultimately the end of the year. Thanks for coming and checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Comedy Food Truck. Now here comes the show, look out. You're listening to the Comedy Food Truck Podcast. We talk life, food, relationships, and have fun with all of it. And now here's your host, comedian John Hill. What's going on, everybody? Good Lord. Happy, happy, happy fall and almost into winter, right? Yep. We're like nine days out from Thanksgiving. It's crazy. Some of you ain't been thankful the whole year. <laughs> you just... You, you don't I even know what that is. I thought you said the whole year. The whole year. <laughs> That too. No, no thanks whatsoever. You don't need, it's not even in your vocabulary. So it's getting colder. It's nine days out, right? Mm-hmm. Turkeys are scared. Don't know what's going on, right? That's funny. Anyway, sorry. Some things are funny to myself. I don't even say out loud. I, right. just, I just enjoy them for me. It's like a good can of cranberry. You guys do that? At the- there is no good can of cranberry. I know that was that was uh, exaggeration or whatever you call it. Irony. Oh, because the cans are made out of iron. Anyway, um, <laughs> wow. welcome to the show, everybody. What's wow. We're so happy my feedback on the pedals. We're still, we're still so happy you're here. If you're still here, <laughs> I think at one point we went to two or three listeners, and now I we're down so. to one. Yep, back again. And I think they live in Cleveland. It's like, not the same one. It's not <laughs> it's the from same before. One. Every <laughs> week is like, there's got to be something redeemable in this. Yeah, nope, no, nope, there's not. Pretty high turnover. <laughs> Let me see if they got any better. No, no. <laughs> we're like a TV dinner. <laughs> It just never gets better. It's always there, but it's never any good. <laughs> We're the Salisbury steak of podcasts. I was going to say that. The banquet Salisbury steak. Sal- Salisbury. 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 Hey, though, mashed potatoes, though. Come on. That's the one thing that is actually mm-hmm. decent in a If they're not TV still dinner. frozen yeah. in the middle. You wow, like, that yeah. has to do with if you cook them. It's you like, got to stop fanning a flame over them. Put them in the microwave, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> sticking them in the air fryer. <laughs> right. <laughs> air fryer. That'd be cool. Air fryer TV dinner. Plastics all melted. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it catches on fire. What's that flavor you put in there? Yeah, it's plastic. <laughs> um, anyhow, we're excited to be here. Uh, thanks for everybody joining us. I'm going to introduce the whole uh, team <laughs> that you guys already know. But um, Okay, everybody all together say who's first. Ready? To my left is... Cheers. No, I meant the audience, but <laughs> since there's not one, it's cool. I was put in the chat or put in the it's feeds. Very self-serving. Put in the feeds as the <laughs> Wow. There goes another one. There goes turkey dinner again. But that wasn't even a turkey. That was some Is that a rooster? That's a rooster, right? Yeah. Man. The jig is up, rooster. You better get on over here. Touch your toes. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> Anyway, uh, cock-a-doodle don't. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> no, but Jared's here. Thank yeah. you. How you doing, Jared? I'm doing all right, man. I feel like the longer we've got on, the more wires and inputs and different stuff. Oh, we stuff have so much have. garbage laying across this table right now. I love the fact that there's like a laptop in front of everybody now. <laughs> right. Well, like, we look like, yeah. a, like, look like we're like doing a sports cast or Scott's something, asleep. but it's like, it's like, no, right. no, it's just, it's a right. bunch of worthless content. <laughs> Scott's just scanning through the swimsuit edition for Sports Illustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking behind yeah. him to start some crafts here or something a little bit. What are you right. making, Scott? <laughs> I know. You got a lot going on over there, brother. But anyways, I want to say still, Jared's here. How you doing, Jared? Good. Did you already do that? I did. Did I do that? Yeah. Okay, cool. We're, then we I'm will good. move still on. Still good. <laughs> to our man in the sky. He always feels like he's in some Hubble space bubble or something somewhere. What's I up, am. Scott? How are you doing, Scott? <clears throat> 
Good. It's been a while since I called you Gator. Now that you got married, it kind of kind of <laughs> toned it down a little bit. Uh, yeah. I know. Went from Gator to Gecko. <laughs> Speaking of being married. There she goes. Wow. If you're on YouTube, you just saw Scott's wife walking yep. his walker across the house. <laughs> <laughs> just for the YouTube people. <laughs> just either that or That's your TV funny. tray. Yeah. I don't know which one. I didn't even have my walker. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Please, can you refresh the tennis ball? It's a little off. It's a little awkward. Take the tennis balls off. One of them's worn down. We need to go get a Spalding next time. Um, it's good to see you, Scott. How are things nice in the seen. how are things in the OC? <laughs> Wonderful. We're for everybody else in the rest of the world because we always localize so badly. But um, that's the Orange County. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's kind the of West the, Coast yeah. Orange County. Yeah, it's kind of the beach. Yeah, closer to the if coast. If you want to know where it goes, go west and south until people's noses are in the air, <laughs> and then you're there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, that's kidding. When they start smiling again, you see them. That's San Diego. You went too far south. Um, <laughs> where, wow. Where everybody rides e-bikes. Kids nowadays are really? just ride e bike. Oh yeah, that's really smoking on their not even with pedal. paddling, man. They're yeah. not even. They're like. They're not even. Pe- they're vaping, <laughs> like yeah. on the e bike vaping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on their phone. Right. Yeah, they're just like wow. I don't. I'm not pedaling. Right. That's like, that's like work. <laughs> <laughs> they got too much to do. You got a job? Yeah, I got a regular bike. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's funny. Cool. Well, it's great to have Scott. As always, we're so glad you made it. You make such an effort because I know you have a hard job. So glad you're here, man. Uh, and then what? What do we say? The fourth leg of our comedy coffee table. Coffee table. Yeah. Uh, is our man Ray. What's happening, Ray? Hi, John. With Quick. your Jeep hat. Yep, the Jeep hat. That's what you wear mostly is uh, Jeep product type stuff, right? Yeah, pretty much. No, not really. Just my hats. Weird if you owned a Jeep. It's my hats. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the record, that is the AMC Jeep logo on there. That's not the... Uh, the Chrysler Mopar. Mm-hmm. Did it used to be, was AMC a car maker at some mm-hmm. point? I didn't yeah. even know that. American Motor oh, Company. That's right, because... Uh, they made the Eagle Talon. So did, they they made, something did they make the they Gremlin, made. or was that something? Yeah, it was one of those something Gremlin. like that. Yeah, right? they're there known was... for the Gremlin, and they made that four-wheel drive car that was like the Eagle or something like that. Okay. Mm. Guys build them, they're kind of funny. That's cool. Speaking of cars, speaking of Scott's Then they Walker, went into movies. Then they went into movies. AMC, sorry. Real quick story, we were driving around one time when there was a car, and it had... Like two walkers and a wheelchair and a, and a thing of crutches sticking out of the trunk. No joke. And oh, four, wow. four people. They didn't have a rack. It was like the, yeah, the trunk, like, was, like just the trunk was tied down. tied down, right. Yeah, and then there funny. was like four people in the car. So Wait, I was driving with my buddy. and we're Run like, the numbers again? <laughs> yeah, we're like, so when they get to where they're going, who gets out and gets, gets the all stuff? The stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> like, like rock, paper, scissors, somebody crawls out and drags themselves by their hands or, you know, all right, it's my turn. I'll go get your wheelchair wow. and your walkers and the crutches. That's hilarious. It's kind of rolls out of the car and... <laughs> Slithers on the ground. Right? I was like, <laughs> I don't know if who you, draws the short straw? <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this, but Ray is a spokesperson for the National Group of People with Disabilities. And uh, he does commercials all the time for them. That's mm-hmm. me. The two yeah. minutes long. And you're just waiting for your show to come the back. The ADA. <laughs> yeah. ADA loves Ray. Cool. Well, today's show, mm-hmm. we uh, have one of those rarities that we always promised we would have more often, but now we don't is a guest yeah and like an interview and like an actual person who's here with us right someone that wanted to come on someone who's (laughs) sort of someone who's uh, kind of i kind of made him (laughs) yeah he was coming for another reason he was just like hey why don't you do a show he comes in there's a microphone and headphones have a seat (laughs) right (laughs) yeah sit down so i'm I'm gonna let jared those of you in the uh, youtube feeds or whatever can see him already but i'm gonna let jared tell us about your guest yeah yeah our guest guys this is pat halbuena 
Uh, Pat and no. I met uh, probably, gosh, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. Just so, about yeah, yeah. a year and a half now. Uh, How did you guys meet? So at the time, I was working part-time as the tech director at our church, okay. and uh, he filled out an interest slip to run sound. So oh, cool. we got connected that way. Um, just got into conversation right away, and I think we just kind of became fast friends and and getting to know a lot about each other and our past and stuff. So, But Pat's got a really interesting story. I kind of wanted him just to share it on our show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in terms of just where you came from, because you're not – from America, so right, yeah, right. So just kind of start there. First and time voter, first right time here. voter, yeah. Yay. This year is nice. your first time voting, yeah. That's cool. Oh, There's people who lived there the whole lives and haven't voted yet, right? That was interesting. <laughs> I well, I got guilted by the obligation, I guess. All, right. the, all this privilege being American now, I figured, <laughs> yeah, might as well, might as well participate. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so, um, well, my name's Pat, as you already know. Um, I met Jared through church and, um, so part of my story is I'm originally from the Philippines, born and raised there. Um, I'm older than I look, so I was out there for about 30 years before I came over in 2011. Okay. So good. So how old were you when you got here? Were you 30 years. or were you like 52 and yeah. you were there for 30 years? And then came I was 30. Okay, cool. That's right. Yeah. Um, so um, the past 10 years, though, has been quite interesting for me. Um, my journey was really such that I kind of left all my family back home, yeah. moved over on my own, I did get married a few years later, and then my wife came over from the Philippines, so oh. she's here with me now. Nice. Um, in terms of family, though, everyone's at home, so it quickly became me and her against the world kind yeah. of scenario. And um, growing up in the Philippines, it's a very familial sort of atmosphere, environment. Mm. A lot of people live with their parents and grandparents kind of in a larger household. And so being here was very different for us, but it's definitely something we wanted to do and kind of just get out of the mess that was over there. And so, you know, we got the chance to do that um, and discovered what it's like to kind of be independent. And, yeah. you know, I must say that was, you know, quite difficult coming from that background. And so what happened to me was I kind of, I described my journey as one where I took a very long detour through the dark woods. And really what that means is I went deep into a kind of addiction, okay. um, mainly alcoholism. And up to the point where I really felt that it was, it was hopeless. Nothing that I did got me out of that spot as much as I tried. Um, was there any trace of that before you came, like back in the Philippines? Absolutely. Abs okay. um, our, the Philippines is a, safe to say, a very, I grew up around like a group of party people. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, it's, it's normal. Yep. There's really no legal age limit for drinking. Mm. And so very early on, it's just part of everything. Yeah. And so what was normal to me I guess just carried over and I took that into my everyday life Yeah, and to the point that it was like every single hour kind of thing I needed a fix and um, I was high functioning so that kind of covered over a lot of the cracks in that I held a job I never kind of but still doing things just under under like a disguise or like a 
what I felt like I was doing the best was really just the best in that circumstance and, and, and not the best in the bigger picture. And I didn't see a lot of the things that I was actually doing to hurt the people around me, my wife in particular, and myself in the end, you know? Yeah. Um, and so part of my story is I feel like I was redeemed by a power that was outside of myself in such that I was led to a place by hook or by crook and I was met there um, by God. Mm. Um, in my case, Jesus Christ, I was, I grew up a Catholic in the Philippines, 90% um, of the Philippines mm. is Catholic. Yeah. And so I always had a foundation but never a personal relationship. And when he met me, out in the beach, Newport Beach, I took myself in to a, a little rehab place, which mm. was turned out to be a fantastic um, decision. But again, almost like it wasn't my decision to be there, things just lined up so that I wound up there. Wow. And a lot of left turns kind of like, okay, and there I was all of a sudden. And um, that became my life-changing experience, being prayed over by someone else that was in there for treatment as well, mm. and kind of feeling like the spirit come over me. So, so just so I can recap, so you're in the Philippines, you come out of here, you're already sort of into the scene. Uh, alcohol starts to obviously take control. You think you're covering things and kind of doing all right, but you, through a series of incidents or even circumstances, you end up in a rehab, and it's another patient, if you will, that is who leads you yeah. to Christ. Yeah, yeah, another patient. Yeah. I mean, rehabs aren't really, I mean, I know there are special ones out there that might be like Christian rehabs sure. or, right. you know, but in general, you know, they, they, they shy away from, yeah. you know, even the mention of, of, of such a name like Jesus kind of right. scares people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, it, was, it was another person in treatment and I did meet a couple of counselors as well that had the same background that we would talk on the side yeah. about that being a part of my recovery. And um, yeah, so I was there for about a month. I did my time. It was about a month <laughs> is, is really what they recommended. And I said, yeah, well, keep me here for the full, full amount of time and um, developed a program to sort of how do I continue this in the outside world? You're living in a bubble in there, everything's safe. Sure. And um, coming out of that it was, it was really pretty scary, but I mean, I knew I had something that other people might not have found there, and that is a chance to reestablish a relationship with my creator mm. and just have my eyes fixed on that. Mm. Um, so instead of just running away from my addiction, which is in every corner really, alcoholism is, is normalized in society and mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't just spend my time running. So instead of running away, I, it was more of like I'm running towards something now and I'm going to pursue this relationship um, um, with God and wound up at the flip side a couple of weeks later um, because I searched out local recovery meetings. Mm -hmm. One of them happened to be a celebrate recovery meeting, which is pretty much like an AA 12 steps, except 
not just focused on substance abuse. Right. They kind of expand it so it's you can go there for anger issues and just other things you're dealing with that you'd like to surrender. Yeah. And I wound up there very next day, went to the flip side on a Sunday. And it was the first time going to a, a Christian service for my wife and myself. Hmm. And we didn't know what to expect. We were greeted with open arms and it was it was kind of post-pandemic-ish. You know, mm. things were starting to open up, but not fully. So the church was still doing services outside and they had this little tent and a rock band was playing. <laughs> and I just looked at my wife, I think this is our place. <laughs> and you know, people are pretty casual and it yeah. was just, yeah, that was it. And safe to say, I didn't look back. And then I met I met Jared over here a um, couple of, maybe about a week or two later. Um, and he he really like took me under his wing in terms of training me and like kind of like, okay. I used to be a sound engineer back in the Philippines. That was part of my background there too. Um, in America, retail worker pretty much was right. was what it is. Mm -hmm. um, the first job I took just ran with that. And uh, so it gave me the chance to rediscover something that I used to do as well. Mm. And that played um, a big part in my life back then because I was doing something that I really loved doing, which was kind of producing music um, and bands out there. So the church gave me that venue. Uh, Jared took me under his wing and kind of trained me for a couple of months. And then you know, now I, I volunteer there as much as I can and um, I'm starting to, to, to slowly expand on that. But it's been, a, it's been an amazing 21 months now. Um, wow. Really quick, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really quick. It, it, it's like the shortest, but like longest mm. in that so much has happened, you know? Um, it's so different. I'm, the things around me and, and just the things that I've been able to experience and the people I've been able to meet over the past like couple of years um, really, all I have to do is kind of sit back and just think about that for a, for a second, and you know I'm reminded of all the blessings that have come Great. almost instantly. Wow. And so yeah, I just spend my time um, just moving forward and then keeping myself busy. So I was invited over to actually check out the setup, and you know, hopefully give some of my time to like you know helping helping you guys That's out good. with your podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So we'll kick it to the audience for question. No, we're not an audience. Um, <laughs> Scott? <laughs> no, I think it's awesome when you talk about that you were a sound engineer, did some of that work in the Philippines, and then you come over here, and obviously I, I had a friend for a while uh, at a church I went to who was a doctor in the Philippines. And then over okay. here, they um, they actually ended up opening up um, care homes. So they were doing that, but she, she was kind of functioning more in a business role along with uh, maybe a little bit of nursing, but but wasn't able to practice medicine because of the weird rules and regulations here as far as you know immigrants. I mean, it's a tough life to begin with, to mm. be an immigrant and to come over. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't think a lot of us who were born and raised here or maybe had generations of family here quite understand that you know, completely. Uh, and so really uh, incredible, the stress and the, all the other stuff that you're talking about, which Obviously, when we deal with addictions and things, sometimes it, it is some of the that may drive us to it. It could be other triggers, but I think it's fantastic that you were able to 
find Christ. I mean, there's there's certainly some practical things I'm sure a recovery program can help with and all of that. You need that. But just to understand that the real freedom is coming through, like as you mentioned, just being connected to your creator. I mean, I think that's fantastic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Scott, you know, always talks about it. I mean, he wasn't a sound engineer. He, t- he says he's a love engineer. But um, <laughs> yeah, we got just a locomotive of compassion just coming around, <laughs> spreading love to everybody around. Um, you know what's great about Pat's story is the fact that he moved here from the Philippines by himself mm-hmm. yeah I mean can you imagine doing something like that I can't I mean no. to go no. to a different country and so that right. that really takes a lot to no, be able to you're right you know well it kind of threw me off well, when you said I got married and then my wife came over and I yeah. was like well that's going to be awkward yeah <laughs> like, uh, two different women. Right. So I was like, okay, wait, I got it. My wife came over, right. and I realized okay. I'm been married. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's true. I don't even go to Orange County alone. I wouldn't let alone come all the way to America. You know, from anywhere really by yourself. But so many people do that. I mean, my great grandfather immigrated from the Middle East up through Mexico and into Arizona area, and. um I think it was just him and his wife, I want to say. But they just, you know, it's it's a... And then they bring the it's family arduous. later sometimes. Sometimes yeah. if, yeah. They're, if they have family behind, or they're mm-hmm. sending money back, mm-hmm. part of the reason they mm-hmm. come is to help mm-hmm. support. Yeah. And, and it does depend on the environment you're in. It's very, many times impoverished, or they're being persecuted for some reason, or some other, you know, war-torn, whatever. And so it drives people to yeah. try to find a better life, yeah. So I'm curious, though, for you... A, what what made you make that decision to come here? And then B, what was that process like for you, you know, aside from the addiction part of it? I mean, just in general, like right. getting acclimated, you know, learning kind of the American way and that stuff, you know, you talk about voting for the first time now, but what's the right, journey been right. for you? Um, well, that's a good question, because I think the Philippines is poised a bit differently. Okay. Um, American culture is very much a part of, of everything from education to um, pop culture and it's the Philippines loves America I mean tracing back history a little bit America did free us from Japanese occupation in the world war and um, from then we've had a very good relationship with the Americans um, in having like naval bases and and things like that um, just around the country Um, in school, English is taught as a language, not just in private schools, but in public schools as okay. well. Hmm. And so we're really a good country to go to to visit, really. If like hmm. a lot of I hear a lot of people say like, well, let's go to Thailand. Let's go to all these other. Well, yeah. good luck, like right. getting around. You can literally go anywhere in the Philippines and we're a country of over 100 dialects yeah. because oh, we have wow. 7000 islands. So even in the Philippines, if you're, let's say, from the north and you went to the central area, the common language would be English and not Filipino. Hmm. I see. And is it, okay, you said dialects, because I know I have several Filipino friends. Is it Tagalog or Tagalog? Tagalog is, is Tagalog. What's, what's known as Filipino now, originally known as Tagalog. That is the dialect of this, the, uh, the sort metro, sort of the national, sort of, the, yeah. the national capital region. Okay. Um, but even a couple of hours drive, they're speaking a different language away wow. from there. So a completely different language, not necessarily just that it's a, like you said, because 
even here in America, you can be in California and you can hear a certain way. You go down to South or you go, you know, Midwest, whatever. You see some. Sure, it's not like, so bad that you can't understand, County. but yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, but go. <laughs> excuse me. Go over to England. This is a little harsher difference. And then Scotland, nobody knows what they're saying. So you know, you go to <laughs> different places English. for English, and there could be. But it's still English. But you're saying that it, there actually might be different language, like not correct, just that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Different language influences, oh, wow. be it more Chinese, Got be it, it more Spanish. Mm. Yeah. Um, a couple of word flips where the word means the complete opposite thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got to be careful with that one always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah very different. <laughs> very yeah. different. That's great. No, I mean, it's great, but it, it provides a richness of culture. But obviously, too, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a different way to obviously grow up. Then we're so, I don't know what the right word is, but it's not a positive word. Arrogant, I don't know. That most Americans, they only learn English. I mean, they, and they don't even speak that well, but but the, um, they don't speak that very good either, you know. Um, <laughs> what I mean is learn, like we don't take the time. To talk good. Yeah, we don't take the time to try to appreciate, you know, even though France is a language like Spanish, at least on the West, is right here in, in, in our in our area. Uh, if you go up northern, like can Canadian board, you got French, you know, some of that. I don't even take the time to try to learn those things, even just to be somewhat sensitive to mm -hmm. other cultures and people groups and whatever else. Right. So mm -hmm. it's interesting when I, I always am impressed with immigrants who can come over and, and again, sometimes they already come over learning multiple languages already, but then obviously either pick up English or like in your case, maybe it was already something they knew, but I think it's pretty powerful. It's, yeah. it's kind of cool. And English is dumb. <laughs> it is a really dumb language. It is so difficult. It is so difficult. It is so. It's actually not the most difficult uh, language, though. It is. It, it's, it's, it's it's up yeah. there, but it's not the most difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's obviously roots are not in America, you know, yeah. clearly. Yeah. But Greek and Latin, and it's mostly Latin. Yeah, French it's like words, Latin and then there's Spanish yeah. words, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, they call them the romance languages, but there's nothing romantic about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I gotcha. Cool. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, yeah. You yeah. were asking, I thought yeah, there was so, another question he asked. Right, yeah. right, right. So I guess just to continue on, on that path, like how difficult the move was. Yeah. I mean, so being an English speaker, it was fairly easy in that sense, in yeah. that sense alone. And being kind of more, you know, adept to, to the culture. Like I listened to punk rock bands in the Philippines that, you know, might not even have been so popular to the mainstream in the United States. So, you know, we were privy to like, you know, even the subcultures of different things that were out here. Um, so all of that was familiar. I think the most difficult part was kind of really just abandoning what I had built there, number one, um, in, in a recording studio slash production company that were doing you know groundbreaking sounds like a big word like we were doing something you know revolutionary that people didn't think about but really it was just like we were one of the first to kind of like um yeah. create a scene for like more local independent rock musicians and artists out there mm. and kind of these these artists that i used to like set up shows for in like these tiny little gigs in, in the metro are now like touring america so wow. stuff like that is pretty cool um so leaving all of that was was the hardest part and obviously the family being all over there my i mean my mom who petitioned for me to become american was here when i got here but okay. once that was 
done like you're here she went back home right and so kind of left me um i had a couple of family friends i mean people that i had known from from childbirth that were close by so like one in palm springs one in san diego kind of thing um so i started out in the desert yeah um working in cabazon because that was close by and then but so a lot I, of retail in Cabazon. Exactly. And that's, yeah, that, that's where I lived for eight yeah. years, pretty yeah. much, pretty much. Um, but I did have a girlfriend at that time in the Philippines. And so after a couple of years, she, she would visit over. She had a, a visa for traveling. Nice. And um, so yeah, wait, I proposed two, her. Two, two yeah. wives and a girlfriend. That's why wow. I'm kind of doing the math over here. Yeah. It's kind of adding up. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, um, on one of the trips here, I proposed to her, and then she awesome. still had to go back home at that point, yeah. and I followed. We got married out there, oh, wow. and then kind of mm. came back here, not as a couple, kind of she as a tourist, I gotcha. and me as a green card holder, mm-hmm. and while we were here, they literally changed the law. So, so God's hand was in my life before I even wow. acknowledged it. Um, she was here legally mm. as a tourist, and they changed the law so that green card holders could now petition their wives. Mm. Uh, prior to this, it was you had to be a citizen, so right. that would have taken three, four more years in my case. Huh. And um, so everything fast-forwarded. She got her interview in a couple of months because huh. she was here already. Right. Whereas if she was home, that would have taken a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, even if they had changed the law. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, got her in, got the interview, and never went back. And awesome. so all of a sudden we're here and we're like, okay, now you're here. Let's. <laughs> and we moved over to this area because she kind of started working in Pasadena. Okay. Um, she had cousins, he has cousins here, but have never been to the Philippines. They huh. were born and raised here. Okay. Huh. Yep. Um, so she was not very close with them. I mean, close enough. Like, they gave her a side job kind of thing. And so she was working out there. I was working in Cabazon. We're like, wow. Rancho is yeah, the yeah, middle. Yeah, kind of <laughs> wow. And it has a really funny name. Yes, so it we does. were like, let, let, let's do it. And so that's what brought us to the Inland Empire. Wow, you, 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 how long it take you to figure out there's no empire out here? <laughs> right? <laughs> Even the name is like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you can look at it and go, really? Yeah. Somebody somewhere was like, oh, we, we'll compete with LA and Orange County. We'll be the Inland Empire. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's like an empire nobody for, else wants. For, right? for reference, <laughs> all of you out of state listeners and people who have no idea about California, it's basically 40 miles inland from LA, and it's nothing like LA. Yeah, <laughs> nothing like LA. Yeah. Well, it's just because it's more inland. I mean, obviously, yeah. it grew because there was cheaper housing and people. It's a commuter, like it's people commuter. would drive back mm-hmm. into LA, whatever to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, you know, it's just urban sprawl, right? Everything just keeps mm-hmm. getting further and mm-hmm. connecting. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a different culture. It's different weather. It's different mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So, but it's cool. It's still SoCal. Yeah, I don't care. It ain't Stockton. Yeah. <laughs> but we trying. Wow. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing down, like that old Central California. Downtown Stockton. Yeah, that's funny. It's a port town. That's where they build character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that what that smell is? <laughs> yeah, right. So, so if I if smells I, like character. If I picked up a little bit on what you're saying, like currently, are you moving back toward 
I guess kind of the recording and sort of sound and producing kind of side of things? I would definitely like to. Yeah. Um, if, if, you know, God willing, yeah. if he has that in his plan for me, that would be that would be amazing, yeah. So even starting small, like I've been recording a side project with uh, someone from church. Yeah. Just acoustic guitar and... Right. Um, and, you know, that's been fun. And it's been an opportunity to relearn my craft as well, but yeah. this time with, like, clearer eyes <laughs> and, yeah. and oh, the nice. clearer mind, too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, so does slowly. That, is, is it, well, I mean, obviously, if you're working on church projects, hopefully not, but, but I guess in terms of that vibe or that world, if you were to get back in, and I don't know if there would be secular artists involved or non-church artists, that kind of thing, if that would be something that, you know, you're sort of aware of so you don't get drawn back into a particular scene. Because I know with, you know, yeah. addictions, they yeah, don't stop. Sure. You, you get control of them, you manage them, but they don't necessarily go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, um, I think it'd be interesting to sort of see where God, like you said, wants to take you based on that because of where he, how he wants to use you now to flip that script and say, okay, now I want to maybe use you for my glory instead of. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, I would definitely like consider that as the, the top priority like how can yeah. you use this talent you've given me um you know for your greater glory That's and awesome. so you know i mean it doesn't necessarily have to be worship music it could be like a band like thrice mm-hmm. that are you know out there but mm-hmm. with very heavy christian undertones without having to declare it sure mm-hmm. i think that's actually a cool space mm-hmm. to operate in yeah where you're almost like Working like the you know the silent assassins out in the world. Kind of like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I know some of those groups can take advantage of things like during say a live concert or something like that. You know, like you said, there's undertones of the music. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe, maybe not, but you know, whatever. There are people who are um, Christian artists, and then there are people who are artists who happen to be Christian. And mm-hmm, there's right. a difference. Mm-hmm. So my my thought is always, as long as you're not doing anything in your, if you're an artist who's a Christian then as long as you're not doing something that would compromise your witness. Uh, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. you know, be grossly uh, opposed to what you claiming is who you are as a person. Mm. Um, and that's probably, that's just an integrity thing that would probably be true of any artist, but I'm just saying, you know, you don't want to sell out and be commercial just to make some money. Um, so, but yeah, I don't think every artist who is a Christian has to write Christian lyrics per se. I just mm-hmm. would like them not to write, Christ dishonoring sort of lyrics and you know activities and things mm-hmm. like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's cool man um great yeah man I appreciate it okay I have a question just to sort of start to wrap this up a little bit after being through everything you've been through and especially with the addiction and even just coming over and all that what would you say to someone's listening who is either battling an addiction or is you know even been struggling with something that they're ready to maybe think about giving up um you know, I'm not saying super heavy give up. I'm just saying like, you know, quit, maybe quit on a marriage or quit on a job or whatever else. Or, or again, maybe they're battling an addiction that they, you know, kind of know, but they haven't admitted to whatever. What's some advice you would give to them after having been through what you've been through? Okay. Hard to say with job or marriage, right? Right. Because there would be qualifying questions there, whether, whether that would be good for them or not. But if it's to give up something that is, you know, obviously, um, not good right. for the person. I mean, detrimental to your health and your very being. Um, 
I think getting to the point of, of, of surrender is very important because it, it taught me a couple of things. It taught me that I can't do it on my own, um, number one. And almost like I had to, I'm such a stubborn person that I had to be torn down and kind of broken down to nothing mm. before I could actually be rebuilt in, mm. you know, what I would like to think is like the closer to the, the image and likeness <laughs> that was intended for for me in the first place um, and kind of just that only could have happened by removing myself from myself if that, if that no. makes any sense it makes a lot of sense getting That's, yourself out of the way yeah but <laughs> yeah. I like what you As say, say you don't, yeah. we don't do it ourselves you, like you said you got broke down you know right. we, we get broken is sometimes what people talk about so I think I think that's a powerful uh, piece the surrender piece and just yeah so yeah. stop fighting I guess and right. and, 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 right. and you know give it up um, yeah. and and then see where that takes you but mm -hmm. um, you know keep your keep your eyes focused on uh, on your higher power yeah and um, not on the world right <laughs> the right. world will take you down yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> well you know I like to ask people sometimes, how's it going for you so far, right? So is it worth trying something different, you know? So it's good, man. Man, I appreciate your story, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, letting me sucker you into talking. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, Jared, thanks, man. Thanks yeah. for bringing Pat and um, just kind of blowing our minds. We, I just wanted to end the show with the reason we brought Pat and kind of asked him to is, Scott, we, we, this is an intervention. We want to talk to you. <laughs> about some addictions that we <laughs> those chips you were eating earlier right. man. Those, those baked those Ooh, baked chips ba or whatever you were doing baked 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 chips yeah, we, we, need to, we, need to, we need to have a conversation about this so I don't know if you get that walker and hop on over but we're gonna talk and, and uh, <laughs> if we can oh man that's funny okay well anyway listen we appreciate everybody listening and uh, thanks for Pat telling us his story. If you've got comments, questions, uh, throw them in the feeds. And then, um, man, you know, if you get a chance, share share us with somebody. You know, let somebody mm -hmm. know about us. And uh, it's not it's not always fun in games, and it's not always not fun in games just because we're not funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's because sometimes we can slow down and take something serious. And in this season of gratitude and thankfulness, this is a great story. Yeah, to be able to have because um, because of uh, our thankfulness to God for how He transforms lives but also just to hear you Pat talk about you know what he's done for you and even when you didn't see it that you you would after the fact see where he was mm. is really kind of cool so so anyhow uh, come back next week we'll have another episode and the week after that and the week after that yep I just, I just had I just had an episode I'm sorry what were we talking right, about exactly so so anyhow we'll, we'll see you guys all next week so everybody say goodbye later dudes later see Bye. ya thank you